Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is episode three, season one of Tala Mole Moi podcast show. I am your host, Miyamoto Loretta Jensen, otherwise known as the Polynesian Genealogist. This episode is dedicated to my beloved grandmother, Teresa Maunahina Kalama Myers Ducre, who I will be highlighting today in honor of International Women's Day. Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for supporting the show, for coming out, listening, and falling asleep while I talk. That's the whole point of the show. So if you start to doze off while I speak, that's the point. I'm so glad you're here. Today is March 8th, 2022. In other words, it is International Women's Day. This day is really special to me because it gives me the chance to really sit back and think about all the wonderful women in my life. Those who are here now, those who have come before me, and imagining those who will come later. This episode is a little different from the last two episodes that I recorded where I was reading stories from stories that I've written down, stories that have come from my childhood, stories that I've seen online and in my research. Um, This story is a history, um, a personal history, very special to me and to a lot of my family members. Today, I was asked what women in my life inspire me. And the first thought that came to mind was my dear grandma, Teresa. She passed away in August of last year. And it's kind of crazy that I've gone on this long in my life without having her alive or around because she's always been around and been so active in my life. And if you speak to my other first cousins, her grandchildren about her, they'll tell you the same thing, that she was always, always present in our lives. And even though she's not here physically next to me or with us, 
with her loved ones, we know that her spirit is still alive and well. And I couldn't help but think that her life is a celebration. And I wanted to take this time in this episode to share her story. Yes, this podcast show is about Oceania mythologies and histories, but I can't not tell the story of my grandmother because her history has greatly affected so many people, not just my life, but her own cultures, her community. She is the rock and the pillar of my life and of a lot of my beliefs and the things that she fought for is what I have built myself on top of. And because of the work that I do, because of the impact that I know I can and do have, I have to acknowledge my grandmother. And I hope that her story can not only inspire you, but also help you to dream even bigger, dream bigger dreams, to work hard, to keep going, even when things get tough, because that's exactly what she's done for me. And as I think about her and her life, I, I'm i in awe of the woman that she is. And I'm so thankful to be an extension of her. And I hope that as I share her story, that you can make her an extension of who you are too. And use her life and her example to help you reach for the stars. Not just in your dreams, but in your real life. Me and my cousin Joelle had the opportunity to write my grandmother's eulogy. A eulogy is a kind of like a formal speech that you give at a funeral, at least out here in America, where you give a nice talk about an individual's life, the one that has deceased and that the one that everybody's gathered around to celebrate and to remember. And it was an honor to look into grandma's life. And so... I'm going to share my grandma's eulogy with you all tonight as tonight's episode's bedtime story. So sit back, relax. I hope you grabbed your favorite pillow, your favorite blanket. If not, feel free to pause the episode, get cozy, and we will start in five, four, three, two, and one. Teresa Maunahina Kalama was born to Martha Washington Ahia and her father Melvin Makahanohano Kalama. Melvin was the son of Samuel Kaamoana Kalama and Emma Makaopiopio Makahanohano. Emma was the daughter of Lukela Keanu Makahanohano and Victoria Maunahina Nainoa. Victoria was the daughter of Lyons Baldwin Nainoa and Namahana Kamanamana Kailivela Kaohimaunu Puhi. Namahana was the daughter of Puhi Kaohimaunu and Kamaka Opiopio Nui, who were the first in our family to join the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Teresa Maunahina Kalama was born October 7, 1938, on Molokai Island in the territory of Hawaii. She was the oldest child of Melvin and Martha Kalama and the oldest sibling to Verna Napua Baker and Melvin Makahanohano Kalama II 
and Kendall Kalani Kalama. At the age of three, the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, bringing the United States into the Second World War. Teresa watched as her grandma Emma sustained them through the war by faithfully maintaining her food storage and other necessities. As a child living on Molokai Island, Teresa often went to visit her grand auntie and uncle. These visits first exposed her to the piano and her interest blossomed. Teresa's mother nurtured this interest and enrolled her in piano lessons. The rest is history. She shared her musical gifts for the rest of her life, bringing music to her family and to an innumerable church functions and activities. Countless are the people who have been blessed by her music. Teresa became a border student at the Kamehameha Schools for Girls as a seventh grader in the year 1950. Shortly after, her family followed her to Kalihi. Teresa remained in Kalihi until after her graduation in 1956, and then she attended the Church College of Hawaii, there earning an Associate of Arts degree in education. Teresa briefly met her future eternal companion, Bruce Cuneo Myers, in 1956 while attending the Church College of Hawaii. Upon his return from serving a full-time mission in Japan, they reconnected at a single adult conference on Molokai Island in June 1960. They quickly fell in love and were married on September 9, 1960, a courtship of a mere four months. Yeah, that's right, four months. Education has always been an important part of both Teresa and Bruce's lives. After they got married, they immediately moved to Provo, Utah to complete their undergrad education at Brigham Young University. During their time in Utah, they welcomed two children, Bruce Cuneo Myers Jr. and Mona Jean Mahalani Myers. Upon graduating, they returned with their young family to Teresa's home island of Molokai, where they both worked as teachers in Ho'olehua, Bruce at Molokai High, and Teresa at Kualapu'u Elementary School. Bruce and Teresa were working hard, and they were industrious and so resourceful. They raised a large garden and animals, including chickens, pigs, and cows. Bruce was also an avid fisherman and hunter, skills he employed out of necessity to feed his family. Teresa and Bruce completed their family on Molokai with the births of Momilani Luhana Myers, Melissa Lay Myers, Martha Myers, who was a stillborn in 1970, and William Kaamoana Myers. Both Bruce and Teresa were heavily involved in church service during their time on Molokai. Bruce served as branch president of Ho'olehua Branch and later Elders Corn president of Ho'olehua Ward. Teresa served as Relief Society president in the Young Women's Program. In 1974, the Myers family moved to Logan, Utah for Bruce to further his education and earn a master's degree in vocational education and industrial arts at Utah State University. In 1975, the Myers family returned to Molokai to resume work and homestead life. This, however, would be short-lived because on March 11, 1976, Bruce suddenly died of a brain aneurysm, leaving Teresa as a single mother with five young children ranging from 3 to 13 years old. 
and altering the trajectory of the Myers family forever. Knowing that she needed additional education to support her children, Teresa moved to Laie in 1978 of January and lived with her sister Napua. The two sisters leaned heavily on each other for support as they worked and parented largely by themselves. In August 1979, the family moved to Utah for Teresa to complete a master's degree in educational administration while simultaneously working for BYU conferences and workshops. Teresa worked hard to provide and care for her children physically, mentally, and spiritually. Though she was a busy working single mother, she continued faithfully in family prayer and scripture study every morning before leaving for the day. When the children had disagreements at home, they would call her at work and she would instruct them to, quote, work it out. Teresa made sure to expose her children to the arts, taking them to plays, ballets, and concerts. Many played musical instruments and sang. She was also determined that her children would learn to play the piano. Her children, however, were equally determined to quit, and they were successful. While in Utah, Teresa met Fred Bigby, who worked in her building, and they married in July 1983. Teresa became a grandmother in 1985 and is now the grandmother of 25 grandchildren and 11 great-grandchildren, with one who will be arriving in a few weeks. So, as a side note, that great-grandchild has already arrived, and we love her. She is so beautiful. And I know my grandma was there in the room when my cousin gave birth to this beautiful great-grandchild of hers. In May 1987, Teresa and Fred moved the children who remained at home to Laie, where she worked as a director of continuing education at BYU-Hawaii. By the time she retired in 2004, she was the associate dean of continuing education. In addition to her demanding roles as employee, wife, and mother, Teresa was also a strong leader in the Laie community. She was Laie Community Association President from 1991 to 2000. Then she sat on the Laie Government Relations Committee from 1997 to 2004, then also served as Malama Ohana Council President from 1997 to 2005, and founded the Laie Community Foundation, as well as served on the Hawaii Reserves Incorporated Executive Community Board of Directors. Whew! She was busy. In 2004, she was rewarded the Brigham Young University Distinguished Service Award. In the biographical article written about her for the award, described Teresa as, quote, a calm soul in the fiercest storm, a considerate advisor to friend and stranger alike. She leads with quiet humility and moral and ethical strength rooted in the principles of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. She treats every individual with equal kindness and courtesy, and community members from all walks of life trust both her confidentiality and competency. She is truly a woman of exemplary grace and character, close quote. After retiring from BYU-Hawaii in 2004, Teresa turned her attention to the larger Hawaiian community 
She worked for the Office of Hawaiian Affairs Ka'u Inoa Program, registering many Hawaiians in an effort to secure federal recognition from the United States of America. In 2008, despite her efforts to care for him, her dear husband Fred passed away after a long battle with cancer and diabetes. She was not on the market for long, though. In 2009, she met and married Kahea Beckley and moved with him to Panaeva on the Big Island. With her typical energy and enthusiasm, Teresa worked as a substitute teacher and threw herself into family history research and temple work and also served as the Stake Relief Society president. Four months after they were married, Teresa's husband was diagnosed with colon cancer. Though Teresa worked tirelessly to improve his health, Kahea Beckley passed away in 2013. In 2014, Teresa began a friendship with the Hilo Hawaii Stake Patriarch, Lou Ducray. They decided to marry in October of that year, and Teresa moved to Lou's home in South Point, Kau. In the final years of her life, Teresa took Lou's calling as patriarch as an opportunity to get to know the members of the Hilo Hawaii Stake by hosting luncheons for those who came to receive their patriarchal blessing and their families. Lou and Teresa also served faithfully in the Kona Hawaii Temple, and Teresa continued her work in family history. In the 12 years that she spent on the Big Island, Teresa had become a beloved member of the Hilo Hawaii Stake. Despite living away from most of her family, she made many efforts to stay connected to her children and grandchildren through numerous visits, phone calls, and emails. She traveled often, and her family also traveled with her. The love and bond she had with her family did not diminish with distance. Though Teresa is an extremely accomplished professional and strong community leader with degrees, titles, and accolades to her name, it was her roles as mother, wife, sister, grandma, tutu, auntie, cousin, and friend for which she was most beloved and for which she can never be replaced. She was our cheerleader, confidant, and spiritual advisor whose unwavering faith in God and Jesus Christ led her to live with unconditional love and kindness. And anyone who knew her could feel that love. In the end, it is her legacy of faith and love that we are left with and one that we will strive to carry on until we are reunited with her once more. I had to take a little break after reading my grandma's eulogy again because it brought up all these feelings of how much I miss her and how much I I wish she was still here with me, you know? I gotta mention this story real quick too that it was because of my grandma that I initially started family history work. I've had, I mean, I had people before I met with my grandma to learn how to do family history. I had friends, I had promptings and impressions to get started in family history work, but I never did it because I just, I mean, I did some of it, some of it, but I wasn't as interested at the time. But when I finally had this, this one big push in my mind and in my heart to get started, 
my dear grandma was visiting from the big island in Laie, and um, I called her up in the middle of the day and I was like grandma and before I could even say the words I want to learn how to do family history work she said let me guess you're calling because you want to learn how to do family history and I said yes how did you know and she said okay meet me at the family history center in an hour and I'll show you so I did exactly that I met her at the family history center in Laie and exactly an hour later from the phone call and she sat me down and she told she taught me how to log into family search and then she pulled up the family tree and she said this is family search and this is your family tree and she taught me how to find names taught me how to look up some records I mean, you name it. She walked me through it and I was hooked. And I've been hooked since. All my friends and family can tell you, like, one of my favorite things is just to sit down and research. (laughs) I mean, that's why I'm a professional genealogist, right? (laughs) Because I love this stuff. And I cannot go forward in this work without giving credit to who helped me get started in the first place. And what's crazy too is that I feel like my life has almost come full circle because now I work full time as a Pacific area content strategist for Family Search. So I help our Pacifica people by um, locating the best record types to help us find our ancestors in the Pacific, which includes oral genealogies, I mean, you name it, census records, land and title records. That's what I do. I do the research and I help to do the work in that area. And I've come so far in my career. I've come so far with my passion and my skills and my education. And like I said, I can't, I haven't been able to make it this far without the support, without the love and the gentle pushes from my dear grandma, Teresa. She, to me, is the epitome of a powerful, a wonderful, beautiful, and wholesome and good woman. And I feel so thankful to descend from such a powerful matriarch. So today and every day, I celebrate her, my dear Grandma Teresa, especially today on International Women's Day. And I hope that her life can inspire you as it as it has mine and as it still does and i hope that all of us can take the time to learn more about the wonderful women in our lives and i hope to share more stories with you about women in our history because they are there they are real we wouldn't exist without them and so i dedicate this show and this episode specifically to them And hopefully you, beautiful women who are listening, I hope that you can be the ones that future generations can look back on and and express so much gratitude for all the good work you've done because you are a good ancestor today. So thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful night. Have sweet dreams. And I will see you later. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.